In a world that is fractured and is now ripe for reinvention, you are the one who has been able to sense what wasn't working before all this. You are the leader. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Hey, it's Carly, and I'm going to take a beat right here before we even begin this episode to acknowledge the fact that you're here in this conversation with me during such unprecedented times. I know you are being asked to rise to the occasion, to handle sudden changes, and somehow still find a way onward, even in so much uncertainty. And my motto has always been this, to rise, we must root. In other words, it takes some nourishment and community on a regular day to navigate growth. So it might take a little extra right now. So I am so glad that you are rooting here with me today. And I also just want to point out that if doing some self-care or having a plan for your life and career was challenging enough before, my goodness, it might take some ninja level skills to get what you need right now. So reach out to me. Go to carlyfane.com, click the start here button and apply for a one-time phone session. And if I know I can help you, I will. Or if there's some other free resource or another practitioner that I can refer you to right now, you better believe I'm going to point you in the right direction. We are in this together. I am holding you in my heart and my mind. Let me know what you need. I've got your back. Hey, it's Carly, and I'm going to tell you a little story that we all need right now. So back in 2008, you remember, of course, we had this big economic crash. The housing market failed. And to oversimplify it, as I'm sure you know, the, the big issue with the housing market was that a lot of institutions were writing loans to people who couldn't actually afford them. They couldn't actually afford the houses they were buying. And so when those loans came to maturity, all of a sudden, all of these people were forced to default on their loans. And it caused a global economic downturn like we hadn't seen in many, many, many decades. But in the country of Iceland, they were hit particularly hard. Within two weeks of the housing market crash, 75% of Iceland's businesses closed and all of their banking institutions failed except for one. Now, that one bank, the one that was able to keep on running just as they had before, had one very specific thing that made it different. It was run by women. Now, while these women did traditional banking in many ways, there was two very specific things that they had been doing differently that set themselves up to be quite stable, even when the economy crashed. And here's what they were. They decided, number one, that they would not issue loans that they couldn't understand, meaning when they read the loan documents coming in from other institutions, if the small print didn't make sense, 
If they couldn't figure out how in the world that these loans were being given to people who on paper couldn't really afford them, they decided that they wouldn't sell those loans. So they wouldn't sell to other people products that didn't make sense to them. And then they also decided that they wouldn't give loans to people that they knew would put them in financial and personal turmoil down the road when those loans came to maturity. You see, they respected their community and their clients and themselves enough to not put people in the position of having to suffer down the road in order to make a quick buck. Now, this collapse was so big that their government, like many governments, was strapped when the market crashed, and they had to make some really radical decisions. And like many countries in Iceland, they decided to bail out the banks. However, in Iceland, they made a major condition. For a period of a few years, all Icelandic banks had to replace their president with a woman president. And in fact, the president of the bank that survived the crash in the first place was elected as prime minister of that country. I tell you this because a lot of very thoughtful people are telling me that they feel stuck right now. Some of my clients and listeners to Messing Magnificent are telling me that they're having analysis paralysis. It seems like all their ideas that they had before C-19 went out the window And that comes with an extra dose of judgment on themselves for not being swift to respond with a fully-fledged new idea. They're just not sure what they should be doing. And if that is relatable to you at all, I want to challenge the notion that you're stuck or that something is wrong with you if you don't have all the answers yet. In fact, I want to challenge that big time because that is a myth that is based on an outdated belief about what good business and good living is. You see, we have all been taught that we need to act fast, that an aggressive strategy is a good strategy, and we need to get an answer out there as quickly as possible. And yeah, there's a time for that. Like if your house is on fire, you don't get to hem and haw. You don't get to pack up all your luggage and get all your prized possessions. You might have to leap from a second story window and break a leg in the process, but it's worth it. You saved your life. But we cannot continue to pretend that the house is perpetually burning down. We cannot make all of our decisions in an aggressive or a fast way. It is not sustainable for anyone ever. And we must learn to tell the difference between smelling a little smoke burning on the kitchen stove, (laughs) so you need to go in there and tend to something, and when the house is actually burning down. In other words, those of us who are able to thrive while having a career that works for us, having a personal life and good health at the same time, we learn to tell the difference between what feels urgent and what is actually important. And what is important, what it is that you particularly value, is found within you. So just a little bit of framework about the way our economy has run for the past number of centuries. It has been based on a testosterone-approached way of doing work and business. And when I say that, I mean that very literally. So the testosterone cycle within an adult male is roughly a 24-hour cycle. 
meaning that each day over the course of about 24 hours, their level of testosterone rises and then falls in a pretty specific pattern. So in day in and day out, their mood and their general sense of self and their energy level is pretty like pretty easy to spot over the course of 24 hours. However, estrogen has close to a month-long cycle, somewhere between 28 and 32 days, depending on the woman. And that means that a woman's energy might be different on different days. Now, here's the thing. Both of those ways of being in the world, whether testosterone or estrogen-based ways of being in the world, are important and they are needed. However, The estrogen-based way of being in the world where we are different on different days, where there is a rhythm and a cycle and a pattern to who we are, but it is not about immediacy. It is not about aggressive action every single day. That way of being has been squashed for centuries. We have been taught that if we don't take fast, swift, immediate action, if we don't aggressively rise to the top, that something is wrong with us. And so when people tell me that they're feeling stuck right now, what I'm hearing is that you just don't know where to begin. You see, the question isn't, what am I going to do next? The question is, what do I want to do next? And it is possible that you have never been able to even ask that question of yourself before. It certainly has not been a question women have been able to ask. You see, the answer to overwhelm, it's not doing all the things. And I say that as a recovering perfectionist who defaults to doing all the things if I don't keep an eye on it. So the antidote to overwhelm is knowing where to focus. And right now, when the information in our external world is wild and changing rapidly, We can't go there for the source of our next steps. In fact, I would argue that the source of our next steps has always been best sourced from within us. And right now, we are clearer than ever that we will not find all of the answers outside of us. We must begin to fan the flames of our attention to focus internally. We must begin with you. So I'm going to rewind and I'm going to go super biological. I am going to go down to the moment in which your body began to be created and share with you a little of what Kate Northrup calls egg wisdom. Now, I learned this from her in person, but she has a great book out called Do Less. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But the basis of what I'm sharing with you here is that a feminine way of working and living within the world is cyclical in nature, that there are rhythms and cycles to all of nature, and we are part of that. So the moon has a monthly cycle. The seasons have a monthly cycle. A woman's body has a monthly cycle. In fact, understanding that growth is a lot more like a spiral staircase, that it's cyclical in nature, is exactly what has helped all of my clients and I from having to constantly burn out and be working so hard. In fact, episode three, we talk about the four sustainable phases to success. So if that topic speaks to you, now's a good time, even if you've heard it before and you're not normally the person who listens to podcasts again, I invite you right now to consider going deeper into what you've already learned to listen to that episode again, if it speaks to you, right? So what we now know 
about the way an embryo begins to live is fascinating. So I don't know about you, but I remember back when I was in school, even back in the 80s, we were still watching old footage from the 50s, black and white footage of an egg being fertilized in a Petri dish, right? And you would see this one little egg in the middle and then all these little tiny sperm competing to get in. And we were taught that it was the strongest, fastest sperm that was the one that got to fertilize the egg. But what we now know to be true is that the egg sits within the womb. It doesn't move around a ton. It comes on down the fallopian tubes and it's just hanging out. It is centered and the egg begins to emit a frequency. It begins to send out a signal saying, hey, here I am. I'm right here. And the sperm within the vicinity can pick up on that signal and they begin to swim their hardest and their fastest to get to the egg. And when they get there, it is not the sperm who gets there first that gets to fertilize the egg. What we now understand is that the egg actually decides which sperm will fertilize her. She makes the final decision. When she finds the sperm that works for her, she opens up enough that it can penetrate the surface and the egg is fertilized. Now check this out. The egg also has the ability to alter the parts of the DNA within the sperm that don't quite work for her. She can actually change the parts of the DNA within the sperm that she feels should be different. So she does that and now they're fertilized. And as they float, hopefully along to the side of the, of the womb to be implanted and, and to really begin to grow a life, she actually has enough nourishment within her to feed both her and the sperm as they begin to fertilize. In other words, she packs a snack. So I tell you this whole story for this reason. The egg isn't running around trying to do all the things. The egg isn't jumping up and down and reaching her hand out for attention and she's not calling to the sperm. She sits true in who she is. And as she does that, she begins to emit a signal that is sensed by those around her. And the other sperm come rushing on over there and then she doesn't take the first opportunity necessarily. She waits for the one that feels right, for the one that is in alignment with what she values. And then, should that sperm not be an exact match, she sets about healing and tending and mending what needs attention so that it is right. And she has enough energy stored within her to feed her and the sperm, meaning she can feed both herself and those around her because she wasn't racing around the room, womb trying to do everything. Now, I tell you this story because when Kate Northrup shared this with me, it, it really kind of blew something open in me because it made me realize that this is always the way that I've run our business. I never thought about it as egg wisdom. I just thought about it as practicality. I thought, look, I don't, I'm not interested in being busy for busy's sake, right? I think it was Henry David Thoreau who said, even the ants are busy. Right? Like, it's not impressive to be busy. Busy is not the same as productive. And for those of us who want to have the time to have a life outside of work that nourishes our career, well, we have to tap into a little bit of egg wisdom. 
our economy, our political system, a lot of the big decisions within organizations have been made like sperm wisdom, right? By running around, doing the fastest, the hardest, the most. And while there's a time and a place for that, not every time is the place for that. It's that approach that got us here, and it is exactly what will stop us from getting to the next level. And by next level, I mean not having to work around the clock. So if you find yourself feeling like, oh my gosh, everybody else knows what to do next, and I don't know what to do next, it's not because something's wrong with you. You are right to not pretend that you have all the answers. Oh my gosh, can you imagine how different our economy and our world would be if we had more leaders that said, you know what, I don't know the answer yet, but I'm going to be thoughtful, I'm going to do my research, and when we've got it, I'm going to get back to you, rather than having to come up with quick made-up answers that are just kind of guesses on the spot. If you feel tired, it's because you are, and it is okay to pause. You are brave to slow down and get a little bit more nourished before you make decisions. You are courageous to sit with the radical discomfort of not having the perfect plan yet, as we all lose the illusion that we knew what was coming next. I say lose the illusion because here's the thing. It's not like times suddenly got uncertain. Times have always been uncertain. Like, where are these perfectly certain times that everybody's talking about? (laughs) I haven't lived in those times. But for many of us, we've been able to keep busy and distracted enough to not fully feel that uncertainty. But I'm going to be really, really real with you right now. If any of the following attributes of being a high achiever are relatable, listen in. If it's really hard for you to slow down, if you find yourself having perfectionist tendencies and wanting to get everything just right, if you always have more work to do no matter how much you do, and if you wish people got you more, meaning if you have plenty of social time but you suddenly somehow feel alone, or if your body has perplexing health symptoms that you used to be able to pop an aspirin for but it's not cutting it anymore, Or if there is this quiet but really consistent rage within you that you drink or binge Netflix about or get withdrawn or over-exercise or under-exercise or overeat or under-eat or in any way distract yourself so that you might look happy and be able to help others with with their problems so that you don't have to look at yours. It is not Because something is wrong with you. It is because the way things were, weren't working for you. What was, was not ideal. What was before C-19 was not ideal for a woman who wants to thrive in our world. And so by golly, if you were having any of those symptoms, if you were unable to be contained in a culture that has sought to contain women to make them really good workforce that would never rise up and want to have an opinion, by golly, woman, there is something so right about you in a world that is fractured and is now ripe for reinvention. You are the one who has been able to sense what wasn't working before all this. You are the leader. You're the one that doesn't fit into the confines of a sinking ship. 
You're the captain. You're the one that was made to stand on the deck and see the new shore. But that hasn't been celebrated yet until right now. (laughs) I hope that you would consider the things that make you different as skill sets that the world richly needs right now. If you are not able to respond quick and fast the way we have been taught to do, by golly, you might be here to lead us into a new paradigm. The hard part right now, it's not knowing that we don't have all the answers. Yeah, that part's tricky, but the hard, the harder part, the real part right now is looking ourselves in the eye as women and saying, oh my gosh, if I want things to get better, if I want to have a career that actually nourishes me, if I want to be in a healthy relationship that supports me as much as I support other people, well then, my goodness, things do have to change. And that's excruciating, right? That's painful to say, oh my gosh, what has brought me some level of surface comfort might have to shift a little bit. And it's also true. And it's worth exploring. And so today, I want to offer you this. Because I have sat with the pain of choosing another path. I have left abusive relationships. I have addressed my addictive craving to overworking. I have walked out on bosses and friendships and careers that looked good on paper that were secretly sucking the life out of me. And so I know it is hard. Sometimes it is just so freaking hard to do what's right. And you have a barometer for truth and you can tell what feels right. So I'm not going to lie and tell you that you're supposed to be happy and clear right now and that you have to make a fast pivot if you feel like you've been pivoting your whole freaking life to fit in. I want to tell you another story instead. So years ago, I'd always wanted to live in California. I love warm weather, the sun, the beach. I was ready to leave the cold, long winters of New England. And I made a decision to drive across the country with my then boyfriend. And we were going to set up house out there. And we were going to stay with a couple dear friends, Brian and Julie, out on the West Coast for what we were hoping would be a few weeks or a month while we found a new apartment for ourselves and, and got jobs and began to sit up. And no sooner had we gotten out there than my relationship with my partner began to fall apart. It just crumbled. We did not have the same values. We did not want the same things. And he decided to pack up and leave. And so he took with him our car, most of our stuff, anything that was shared between the two of us, also his half of the rent. So I wasn't going to be able to get the apartment that we had planned to get. And I found myself in California, staying on the air mattress of Julian Bryan's house, having sold my business back east, no new clients, no prospect for good income, no car to get me to any job to hold me over, feeling completely lost. It was as if like the train I had been on had suddenly switched tracks and that switching over was incredibly jarring. The path I was headed towards was no longer there and I was in the space between what was and what will be and it was heartbreaking and it was devastating. And I remember not having very much money at all, but I got a a library card and I would go to the local library and I would check out yoga DVDs (laughs) because I couldn't even afford to go to a yoga class. And this is before everybody was streaming yoga online. 
So I would check out yoga DVDs and I remember doing one or two yoga DVDs every single day. I was like, I'm just going to do my own personal retreat. I'd go to the basement in Julian Bryan's house and I would do like my own little yoga retreat for a few hours. And then I got the phone call. I got the phone call probably about a month into this mess. And it was a call from somebody I had worked with months prior who knew me. And they said, hey, look, Carly. We've got this celebrity and client who really wants a wellness person to go on tour with them. Our existing person isn't going to be able to do it. Is there any way that you could fill in just for like a month? We know you're busy. We know you've got a whole practice. But could you anyway, just like for one month, go on tour with this client for us? It would be huge if you could do it. And little did they know that I had already sold my business that I didn't have a home anymore, that all my belongings were in boxes in Julian Bryan's basement. I didn't even have a, a proper mattress of my own. I had no obligations. And I could say yes. I could have never said yes if I had a partner, if I had all the normal trappings of my life, I could have never done it. If everything hadn't burned to the ground, if the train hadn't switched tracks, I would have never been able to go down the next road. And that's how it began. That's the backstory or part, part of the backstory of how I began working with all these high profile celebrities. My train switched tracks. And so if your train is just in the middle of the jolt, <laughs> if you've been on one path and it's switching tracks and you don't know what the next destination is yet, woman, I hear you. I am here with you. And if you're worried about whether or not things will be okay, I want to point this out. Even before C-19, if you were feeling like you were always behind, like you were never enough, like you were working around the clock, but you weren't quite getting to where you wanted to go, or if you felt like you had this desire for things to be different, but it was really hard to follow through on, well, then it's not about whether or not things are going to be okay, because my dear, they were already not okay. You were living what not okay looks like. In fact, most women are, and we have begun to think that that is normal, and it doesn't have to be. So you can handle not okay. You've been there before, and maybe you're there right now. So it's not about whether or not things will be okay. It's about whether or not you will dare to be you. And I tell you this because the day you begin listening to your own voice, it's not like everything gets suddenly perfect. And I don't know, it's like, I think maybe Disney screwed us all over because I thought when I had a calling, it would look like being super clear about what I was meant to do with my life. And then the path would illuminate and birds would come down like in Cinderella and they'd help me get dressed and everything would be clear and I would know exactly what I'm doing. But here's what almost all of my clients and myself have experienced. We have found that having a calling looks a whole lot more like the shit hitting the fan. It looks like the way things were no longer being sustainable, despite our best efforts to keep our head down and fit in and be grateful for what we already have and not dare to be, quote, greedy in wanting something different, which again is a thing that is put on women to help us stay small that we have lost our barometer for what good can feel like. And so as you start to begin to follow your own voice, reinforcements will arrive. It takes so much energy to ignore who you really are and what you really want to say. 
And so when I say reinforcements arrive, I mean reinforcements within you. You will begin to feel more energized. You will begin to feel stronger. Your sense of your own capabilities will begin to flourish. You will feel alive and you will feel guided again. You know, I had a client in Australia just a couple of weeks ago. We did a, we did a private session and she sent me this email after the session. And I don't think I have to preface it. I think the email will, will speak for itself. She said this, Carly, what a delight it was to chat with you. I had so many revelations. And one of the biggest things was giving myself permission to stop and recuperate and actually feel things like without guilt. I had such a cathartic day after we spoke. I did nothing but Netflix, and that's all I needed. And I never do that. The next day, I bounced up. I was motivated again. It's like I needed to fully stop and start to heal before pressing go. I needed a proper reboot. Thank you for that support. It's odd. I always feel like I'm doing an injustice to people if I'm vulnerable or not sad or not fully positive, which I normally am. So thank you for allowing me to dive a little deeper into some stuff I needed to unpack. It's all a journey. And that session was an important step in mine. Mm. Thank you, my dear woman. I'll keep your name private. (laughs) But if you're listening or if you can relate to this message of feeling like you always have to be on, you always have to be positive, that you're terrified of what might happen if you actually gave yourself the rest you need. I hope you draw inspiration from the women out there who are daring to go against the social norm that says get caffeinated, do more, earn your worth, and begin to cultivate your own egg wisdom, to listen to what is within you. So here's what I want to know from you today. What is one thing that you really want to say? What is something that has been stifled within you that wants to be heard or acknowledged? And I am not being rhetorical here. I want you at a minimum to write that down. Even if you need to use black ink on a black piece of paper so it will never be seen by anyone, go write down one thing that you need to say. Let yourself unfurl for a moment. Take up some space. There is room for all of you, especially when you're with me. So do me a favor. If you found any part of this episode helpful, let me know what it was. Put a review up on iTunes or wherever you listen or tag me in a social post on Instagram or Facebook. Let this be the beginning of a long and meaningful conversation. Because it really does take so much energy to deny who you are. And for those of us who want to make a pivot right now or actually need to make a pivot, we're not pivoting for pivot's sake, right? There is such thing as the middle ground between doing nothing and a radical pivot. I'm calling it the thoughtful pivot, right? So if you need help figuring out what that is, what a thoughtful pivot might look like, Go to carlyfane.com. Click the Start Here button. I'll point you in the right direction. But if you have felt like you are ready to have a career and a personal life that does well, I'll tell you this much. We cannot afford to be drained by our own fear of being who we are. It is in the discovering of who you've always been that you will be energized to finally follow through on what lights you up. 
Now is a time for us getting to know ourselves. And when others are going big and flashy and that is just not calling to you, it's because you really are meant to go deep and intentional. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep prioritizing what you value, including yourself, and I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.